Well, good afternoon, fellow constitutionalists. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Clement Show, a Christian political talk show. I'm your host, Dan Clement, your constitutional warrior fighting for your right just to be an American. It is December 26th, New York War 2017. Remember, we're hyphen-free, PC-free zone. God is still in control and he does love you. And I'm broadcasting live from the Hemlock Studios here in the chilly central Susquehanna Valley in the great Keystone State. Hopefully, I'm hoping against hope, that everybody had a, a very good Christmas, got everything they either wanted, deserved, or needed. <laughs> I always put that deserved in there. Because <laughs> sometimes we deserve stuff with, that we don't particularly need. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. But every now and then, uh, especially when you're having uh, a family Christmas, get-togethers, you play some of these really dumb games. Uh, that have some really dumb presents or prizes uh, for them. <laughs> so sometimes you get what you deserve, right? Um, anyway, like I said, hopefully everybody had a good Christmas. We did. Uh, I've taken the opportunity uh, over the Christmas break uh, since my last uh, day was, uh, as far as broadcasting, was on Friday. I took that opportunity to update the website. I've been meaning to do this for quite a while. And so hopefully you go over there, you'll see uh, that it has been updated. It's not totally done yet, but it's all the functionalities are there. Uh, I'm still working on a couple things that are showing on one place and not showing in another place. So I got some settings uh, that I have to redo just a little bit uh, to get everything going. But uh, for the most part, uh, everything's working the way I want it to work. And it's uh, I like it. It's looking a lot better than what it was. I also... Um, might as well get this out of the way this morning. Um, the show sponsor today is <laughs> uh, my Cafe Press uh, store. Uh, the Dan Clemens Show has a Cafe Press uh, show, uh, show front. I should have got this up earlier, and my apologies, I did not uh, before Christmas. But if you want to help support the show, go to show.com and on the menu bar, you'll see the TDCS Cafe Press store button. Hit that, takes you right over to my uh, store on cafepress.com. And while you're helping support the show, you can be looking good while you do it too because uh, they have uh, T-shirts, uh, ball caps, mugs, hoodies, travel mug. I know a lot of people like travel, you know, uh, like to have a hot cup of coffee with them in the travel. They got a travel mug there, and they also have a um, mouse pad with the danclumpshow.com logo and all these uh, you can purchase through the store uh, through my store and I get a percentage of that and that helps to further the um, Dan Clement show uh, here you know as far as supporting it help me grow the show even more so so I'm slowly getting things up on the website the way I want them uh, and uh, I also have uh, if you are a veteran of the show and you've listened to the show for a long time um, you will also be aware that I used to advertise for If I Were A. Now, that was a children's book that I had written in high school, or junior high, and my wife, um, she re-illustrated it, and so the story's by me, and the illustration's by my wife, and we have that up over at Amazon. Uh, I do not have that set up yet on uh, the menu bar, uh, so I'm going to, uh, and I'm, I think I'm just going to put a page in it with a link in the page. You can go look at the cover. Uh, but I'll have that uh, hopefully running tomorrow uh, for you. And also, last housekeeping thing uh, that's going on here. Um, since I changed from Blog Talk Radio hosting my podcast over to uh, it, uh, Seriously Simple Podcasting, which they've actually changed their name, uh, I have to go back through, and I realized that when I was updating the um, site over the weekend, that I have to go up go through and, and update the links in the show notes pages uh, for the proper um, audio link where it's actually going to, instead of Blog Talk Radio, it's, it's sp supposed to point over to seriously simple podcasting. So I have to go through and do that. That's going to take a while because I have over 300 episodes uh, that I had uh, audio on. So it's going to take me a few weeks to get that all done. I'm going to start for the, from the latest one out, and then uh, uh, along with that, you know, real quick, I said, didn't I just say I was the last thing, second to last thing? <laughs> on the sh on the show notes page, uh, on if you go down halfway, there's a 
there's a slider there that has the most recent episodes on it. Those are just straight, straight up um, the the notes for the pod for the um, uh, for the show, for the YouTube show here. I also have a podcast, which is duplicate of that, but I had to set up a podcast portion of the DanClemshow.com in order to be able to redirect that to like um, iTunes and Stitcher and other podcast aggregators out there. So uh, they're, they're duplicates, but one is for podcasting purposes and one's just for show notes with an audio on the show notes page. So if you're just in the habit of visiting the show, the show notes page, you can see all the show notes and links up there just on, you know, just by going to the slider or the recent post. Or if you want to get the RSS feed for the podcast, you just click on the podcast button and boom, you're there. You can get the the podcast feed off of that and uh, put it in your uh, G Potter uh, podcast aggregator, whatever podcast aggregator you actually use to listen to the audio uh, of the show, which the audio of the show is identical to the YouTube show. I just uh, record that at the same time I'm actually uh, broadcasting the live show. All right, so since we got the sponsor out of the way, which is my uh, the Dan Clemens Show Cafe Press store, uh, today's daily Bible reading is out of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And this is sort of, in the New Testament anyway, the beginning of the idea uh, that the, that Jesus came to displace the Roman Empire and displace the king that was on the Jewish throne at the time. And I'm doing a, a study, going through a study right now, talking about the, the kingdom of Christ. And it's very very clear in scripture especially new testament scripture but also in old testament scripture that christ did not come to set a physical kingdom up on the earth his kingdom was spiritual and even told that to pontius pilate uh, during his trial that if my kingdom was of this earth my followers would fight they would deliver me but it, but my kingdom is not of this earth and so this is sort of with with herod worried about this he's troubled in all jerusalem with him uh, this is one of the first mentions in the, in the New Testament about, uh, because Herod was worried that he was going to be displaced as king by this newborn king. And even Herod didn't understand uh, the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures and, and uh, prophecy. Today's quote mail comes from um, Han Hus. Han Hus. Rejoice that the immortal God is born so that mortal man may live in eternity. Rejoice that the immortal God is born so that mortal man may live in eternity. And we know uh, one of the names of Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, which is translated God among us. You know, God came down and, and became human flesh in his creation. That through his life and his example and his death, uh, the, the redemptive work of, of his sacrifice on the cross for our sins, that we could put him on in baptism and have that hope that we may live with him in eternity. Not that we hope that we're saved or anything, but we have that hope. And it just it's a wonderful thing to have, folks. Today's short Bible lesson comes from Eric Lyons. Uh, he's got a master's in ministry, and he works over at apologeticspress.org. And the title of it, The Church of God and the Deity of Christ. Now, over the weekend also, I was reading through uh, the, the Lordship of Jesus and uh, looking at some of the implications of what it, what the lordship of Jesus means in our lives and it actually does touch on the lordship of Jesus touch on touches on his deity and Paul talks about that in uh, Philippians the second chapter although he uh, was found in the form of God he did not think it robbery with God or to be equal to God but he emptied himself he emptied himself of everything it meant to be deity and took on flesh uh, through the virgin birth so we, we, you know, he, uh, Eric goes through here and, and makes a really strong case for, you know, we need to have the right name, we need to follow the right doctrine, and we need to follow it in the right way. And that's, that's really good. And this is sort of a good lead-in to the subject today. Today, I, I've, uh, 
I've labeled the show or, or titled the show, Let America Vote Fraudulently. I, I like titles that, that play on things, okay? Now, Let America Vote, and I'll, I'll speak about them down here in a, in a few seconds here, but they are a, an open society. George Soros funds the open society, and open society funds these progressive uh, leftists. I, I keep saying progressive. They're not. They're regressive. But they, he, um, he funds these regressive left-wing groups like Let America Vote. And I track Let America Vote on my YouTube channel and on my Facebook because uh, I want to see what they're doing. I track other left-wing organizations on both of those also. I just want to see what they're doing. You know, I want to I see and make sure that I'm up to date on all their shenanigans. And I do call them shenanigans. And we've talked about this in the past. Uh, and the reason why I'm talking about it is my son and I, uh, my son Kyle, uh, we got into a pretty deep discussion about voter fraud. And on some things, my, my son is totally rock solid when it comes to, like, the Second Amendment uh, and things like that. But he's, he's not so rock solid when it comes to issues of free speech, freedom of association, voting rights. And the part of the discussion we got into as far as the uh, voting rights were was I said there's all these investigations that are going on. They're digging up all this information. And, and it's not that they're making up the information. Like uh, Judicial Watch has, uh, and I have an article in here, and we'll talk, I, we've talked about this before. Study shows 11 uh, California counties with more registered voters than, than adults of voting age. So there's some shenanigans going on there, and, and the, the, the vote totals are tremendous in this. And it's and my son has the idea that there's no voter fraud going on, or if you point to the four or five cases that he pointed to me, he said out of the millions and billions of votes over the years that have been cast in, in uh, uh, midterm and presidential elections and stuff like this, if you only have four cases... You know, it's, it's statistically not there. But my question to him was, and, and these are, I, I always ask him these questions. I know he's not going to be able to answer because of his ideology, but hopefully it makes him think. I said, even if one person's vote is disenfranchised, shouldn't we protect that person's vote? And he was like, well, what do you mean disenfranchised? I said, well, if you have somebody that is not eligible to vote, and I just gave him an example. Let's say you have an illegal immigrant here that was in California, got a driver's license in California, and at the same time, because the person got a driver's license, they registered that person to vote. Even though they're an illegal immigrant, they're not a U.S. citizen, and voting in the United States is a, is a privilege uh, reserved for, and some people say right, but I, I, um, and it, it is a right, uh, but it's also a privilege because you can lose that, that right or that privilege uh, by becoming a felon or doing some other nefarious things. And so I said, if, one, if this person illegally votes, it disenfranchises, it cancels out a legal voter's vote. And now that's a concept that the left has a hard time. They re, and I don't know if they actually struggle with it, but this is, there is a hypocrisy that goes on on the right and the left. Okay, But when it comes to voting, it seems to me that the regressive left has a, a way bigger problem with folks like me that want to make sure that uh, we true the vote, that the vote is accurate, and only people that are eligible to vote are voting. One of the ways to do this is voter ID laws. But this is also one of the things that the left fights so hard against, especially these George Soros groups. They fight so hard against this voter ID because they equate voter ID with voter suppression. And every case that has been thrown at me. I've had folks, especially on Facebook, come back at me saying, aha, we found this state law is oppressive, especially in the last uh, election, uh, the senatorial election with uh, Roy Moore and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name, Blank or whatever. I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure. But anyway, I have to look it up. But anyway, um, and I have an article in here about that. Um, they were talking about how Alabama came through and took away uh, DMVs in these poorer counties 
and how in the world these people, how can they, you know, get anywhere to get a uh, ID? And we share, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, about a week or so before Christmas. I did mention this, you know, during the election and everything, when this came up originally, that uh, Alabama has actually taken, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Alabama, I have to go back and, and, and verify this, but Alabama has removed some of these uh, part-time DMV offices throughout the state uh, that they're only getting two or three customers a week at. So here you have, even on part-time basis, it was wasting too much money. So they did away with those, and they instituted mobile ID vans or vehicles that if you give them a two-week lead time, you can, you can get, they'll come and they'll take your photo ID for you and get you all set up, uh, driver's license, whatever, or if you need a voter ID. Uh, they encourage folks to band together if there's a bunch of people like in your community or your church or whatever uh, to get together and they'll come and they'll do them like, in, you know, just you, you got to register ahead of time, tell them what you're doing and uh, they'll come and do the whole group at the same time. And the other thing is, there has not been a state yet that I have found and researched, and, and that's all of them that have actually enacted voter ID laws. Pennsylvania tried to enact it and they actually passed Governor signed it in, and it's been held up in court ever since. Because of this idea that it that it suppresses the vote in, in poor communities that can't, have, can't afford to voter ID, even though, even though the law expressly states that if you can't afford an ID, the taxpayers will, will buy you one. They will get you one. And I've said on this program numerous times that for someone in my local area here that can't get to get a voter ID, I'll take them. All you got to do is get a hold of me. I'll take them. I have no problems doing that. I want to make sure that you exercise your right as an American to vote for your government. Now, the question I keep asking, and I never, and it just frustrates me to know when, I get hammered so much with questions and, and uh, statements of saying how much of a garbage person I am, because I'm for voter IDs and I want to suppress the vote. And, and I keep asking the question, how is giving somebody a free ID so they can vote oppressing the poor or the minorities? How does that work? And not one of them, I, I keep looking, not one of them answers me on this topic or this question. How in the world, if you're saying that because I'm for voter ID, that I'm for oppressing the vote. When your argument is it disenfranchises the poorest among us that can't afford an ID, and every state that has voter ID laws has a provision in it. If you can't afford one, one will be provided for you at no cost. Now, not all of them have a, a, a mobile unit like Alabama does. But I'm sure you, if you can't get there on, under your own locomotion or can't drive anymore and you still want to vote, I'm sure you have friends and family, neighbors. If you tell them why you need to ride somewhere, especially if it's to get registered an ID, so you, you already registered, but now you need a voter ID to prove who you are at the poll, I'm sure you have a neighbor or friend or somebody. Hopefully you're not, hopefully you're not that miserable of a human being that you have nobody that will help you out at all. And, and especially when you tell them, look, I, I need a voter ID so I can vote. I want to vote, but I just have no way to get to the voter ID. And sometimes, you know, these folks, they live within walking distance of their polling places. Not all, but some. And so, again, I put the question out to you. How in the world is requiring voter ID and the state actually giving it away for free for folks that can't afford it actually voter suppression? I have yet to figure that one out. I've racked my brain how that is, and you know I keep being accused of oh, I'm just a right wing guy that I don't want I don't want minorities and poor people to vote, and that's just not the case. I I don't look at people who want to vote because you know I don't look at them in their uh, economic status or their uh, ethnic status or their skin color. I don't look at that. I look at them as Americans that want to vote, but I also want to make sure that that the vote is true. That the vote isn't fraudulent. And so, in this conversation with my, with my son that I had yesterday, and my wife thinks it gets heated, and, and I get animated, but I don't get, I don't get mad about it. Um, 
I was saying, what about all these? He was, he was claiming there's only a handful of convicted people of voter fraud. And I said, but that doesn't mean that there's not voter fraud going on out there. Well, if you can't prove it, we're going to make a law, like a voter ID law. And I looked at him and said, don't you have a driver's license? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, you have your voter ID. What are you complaining about? If they require you to show it at the poll, what do you complain about? And I even told him, even though it's, it's passed as law here in Pennsylvania, but the courts have it tied up. And I got I to gotta actually go back and check on that. Uh, where where the status of that is. But when I go to my local poll, I show my ID, even though they know me. I pull it out and show it to them. And they said, you know, you don't have to show ID. And I said, well, it is law. Well, you know, they have it hung up, of course. I said, okay, but it still is law. And the reason why they have it uh, uh, confused in court is because of false allegations and false claims that a first-year law student should be able to dismiss out of hand and, and actually argue, you know, why voter ID laws are actually good and they don't suppress the vote and all that, you know, everything that uh, goes along with it. My son goes, well, you don't have to show it. I don't know why you're showing it. I said, because they did pass it and I believe in voter ID laws. And he came back with the same line. I don't know how my son became so liberal because uh, <laughs> he didn't grow up that way unless he was, you know, Unless he's just getting back at the old man, I don't know. And I, I do suspect, suspect that there are a lot of kids out there that are the opposite of their folks in their politics just because they don't want to be nothing like mom and dad in their politics because all their friends and everything are hip and cool that we're anti-establishment and we don't, you know, we believe in socialism and uh, things like that. I mean, I even uh, came down, you know, we even got down to the discussion with voting rights and everything. Uh, with the Constitution. We, it all started with net neutrality. And I know he's for net neutrality, but I said, I said, Kyle, you don't even know what you're for. And I wanted him to look at this video, and he said he wasn't going to look at it. He says he knows about net neutrality. Nothing's going to change his mind. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's very, I even told him, that's very open-minded of you. So I'm like, I saw another video over the weekend, and I'll, and I'll put the, the, the link of it. Make, make, let me make sure I'm making a note of this. Uh, link, net neutrality video. Uh, Bo Bodie Lang is a guy I follow on YouTube and he has a really good 30 minute video where he goes through and debunks all the points of the pro uh, net neutrality folks and a lot of them are the same things I've been saying but he goes even further. He goes deeper into the evidence, links and all this kind of stuff uh, to dissuade that. And again here with the the vote, getting back to the voter ID, um, there's been a lot of investigations done by, um, I have one in here that's being done by CBS Los Angeles, the local CBS affiliate, and I found a lot of these local affiliates are more conservative uh, than uh, the national, uh, like CBS, the, the national, um, I can't call them affiliate, but the national channel, TV, you know, the TV news channel and everything over the local ones. I have, a, I have an article here talking about uh, L.A. County supervisors demand answers day after CBS2 investigations uncovered deceased voters casting ballots. Now, this was posted back on May 24th, 2016. And uh, I have a, uh, let's see, where's this? Oh, and, I, and there's a, a story here. Uh, and this, yeah, that was by uh, David uh, Goldstein over at CBS uh, Los Angeles. And what, where I found this link at was in a story over the Daily Sing Signal by uh, Hans von uh, Spakowski and Jaina Minnick, uh, May 26, 2016, the zombie voter apocalypse. California refuses to admit its voter fraud problem. And it's, there's federal and state laws on the books that the, the register of, of voters or the, the county registrar uh, they are supposed to keep the voter rolls cleaned up. And they don't. And, and CVS Los Angeles, they, and, and uh, I guess I might as well get into this while I'm talking about it. They actually found uh, that, uh, let me get over here to the two articles here. All right, here. Now, it says, L.A. County supervisors demand answer, answers day 
days after CBS2 investigation uncovers deceased voters casting ballots. Los Angeles, uh, CBSLA.com. Uh, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors demanding answers after a, and this is linking back to their the original investigation, uh, Los Angeles County Supervisor Michael D. Uh, Antonovich introduced a motion at the Board of Supervisors meeting to start an investigation into the news station's findings and put the register on notice. The register recorder has to do a better job to ensure the integrity of the voting system uh, is secure, said uh, he told David Goldstein, investigative reporter at CBS2. Supervisor Sheila uh, Cool voted in favor but defended the register who claims to, to claims. Now, this is only a claim. There's no, there's no proof that this person's doing this, no evidence yet. Uh, and I, I went back real quick here. I went back and trying to file, find the follow-up for this, and I haven't found it yet. I was doing a research about a half an hour this morning didn't find the follow-up for this yet. I'm, st I'm still working on this. Um, but claims to be removing 1,200 to 2,000 deceased records from uh, the database per month. There's really, and she said, there's really no way to connect a person whose death is recorded with a person who is registered to vote unless we get some kind of notification from the family, Cool said, or told Goldstein. And, but Goldstein came back, and I thought this was great, and there's a video on the page about this, but uh, we did that, though. We were able to do it, Goldstein said. We were able to confirm that there were 215 dead voters in L.A. County. The news station did so, so by comparing voting records from the Secretary of State's office with Social Security death records. The investigation has been making headlines on Twitter all day long. It's, the year's it's this year's presidential election. Voter fraud has become a hot topic. There have been voter, voter irregularities in many states, uh, said Mark uh, uh, Vafides, the chairman of Los Angeles County Republican Party, who added that the CBS2 undercover uncovered expose the problem. Donald Trump is very concerned that this may be very close election and he's trying to shed light on not only nationwide but as he did here in California shed light on the fact that there are a lot of voter irregularities that may be going on. The news station found potentially 265 voters who are deceased and records show they are still casting votes. Uh, CBS2 reached out to the California Democrat uh, party, but they declined to comment. The register has 30 days to report back to the board of supervisors looking into the findings. Like I said, I haven't, I don't know if they haven't, uh, the, the board of supervisors, I don't know if they've taken this back up yet or not. I, I'm not sure where it stands. Like I said, I'm still trying to look this up. CBS2 didn't have any more on uh, their website about this, so I'm, I'm, I'm having to look elsewhere. I'm having to look at sources elsewhere. And this is, again, this is a problem, and this is the other story where I, where I found about the CBS2 investigation. This is from Daily Wire, and this is actually the zombie voter apocalypse. California refused to admit its voter fraud problem. And folks, if this is happening, this is just in L.A. County. If this is happening in L.A. County, isn't it conceivable that it's happening in uh, San Francisco and San Diego and Sacramento and some of the other big Oakland, some of the other big cities in California? It's reasonable to believe it is. Maybe it's not. It's reasonable to believe so. And, and with probable cause, this should be investigated. And again, they, this article, this article about California refuses to admit it's voter fraud. And this is by, um, this is the one that's by Hans von uh, Spakovsky and Jaina Minich. Uh, May 26, 2016, over Daily Signal. Now, they go through in there a little bit more in depth about the votes and everything and, who, and some of the people that voted. And, you know, they went back and asked some of the folks uh, that their parents actually voted. Well, no, they couldn't have because they were dead well before that year, you know, that the vote took place. They had one, I guess they found one that was voting, had died in 2002 or something like that and had been voting in, in every presidential election since. Now, if that's the case and they're still voting, that's voter fraud. Now, my son and a lot of other people, he doesn't consider that voter fraud because it wasn't prosecuted. It wasn't investigated by the police. And I said, but you can't say it wasn't investigated. And he kind of looked at me. He goes, well, what investigated by the police? I said, but it doesn't necessarily have to be investigated by police. I said, I, said, I don't know what the number is, but I know it's quite high of how many people come directly to the DA's office 
with a, with a criminal complaint against somebody. That they don't even go to the police. They go to the DA's office first, and then the DA directs the police to do an investigation on this. It happens all the time. I don't know what the percentages is, but, you know, it, it does happen all the time. And I said, and the DA's office, that's an elected position, and they're all about crime, and voter fraud is very low on their list of crimes. And I said, okay, what about these credible investigations that are being done by investigative reporters or, you know, right-wing groups, Judicial Watch? You know, and I told and my son's like, well, they're, they're a right-wing group. I said, they have an axe to grind. I said, I said if, if you ever seen what Judicial Watch does and who they go after, I said, you wouldn't say that. But I said, I know you don't know who they are. I don't know if you're going to investigate who Judicial Watch is. So, again, I hope he does. I hope my son does. But he's not, and it's, it's not, this line of argument is not new with my son. I get this a lot on, in social media. Well, you, you know, there's not that many people in jail because of voter fraud. I said, there are. There are some. And I said, and that's the ones that they caught and prosecuted. What about all the ones I said, has, ha, I asked him, have you done investigation in all the county DA's offices to see how many cases of voter fraud was laid on their desks either by individuals or the police or some other investi investigating you know, um, entity out there? And they just refuse to prosecute. Just because the DA refuses to prosecute doesn't mean that there's not voter fraud going on out there. You know, that'd be like saying that there's, uh, because there, because people are not caught and prosecuted doesn't mean that there aren't convenience stores being robbed. You know, and I imagine there's probably more theft going on out there than, than, than are caught and prosecuted. Does that mean there's no theft going on because the vast majority of people are not getting caught? Well, they're not being caught and prosecuted, so there can't be any theft going on. Oh, yeah, you caught a handful compared to how many people got away with it. To me, it's flawed logic. Maybe, maybe you might not think it is, but to me, that's flawed logic to try to use. And like I said, my son, um, he's not the first one to say it, and he won't be the last one to, to bring that argument up with me. But again... We have, uh, and this is the case where we're talking about here, where a uh, study shows 11 California counties with more registered voters than adults. And Judicial Watch, uh, they're going through with the Freedom of Information Act and trying to find out about, you know, trying to mess these up with the registered voters and the actual residents, adults of voting age. And some of these counties are as high as 144%. You know, they report this down here in this, uh, the, the it broke down to the findings of counties like this. Imperial County had 102%. Uh, Lassen County, 102%. Los Angeles uh, County, 112%. Monterey, 104%. San Diego, uh, 138%. San Francisco, 114%. Uh, San Mateo, uh, 111%. Santa Cruz, uh, 109%. Uh, Solano, 111%. Um, let's see here. Uh, Santa Salias, uh, 102%, and YOLO, 110%. The worst one was San Francisco. Wait a minute, where's the 144? San Diego was 138%. Uh, percent. And I don't know if they went any higher than that. Um, this group's findings comes from official voter registration records, but it says some numbers differ now. Uh, when it uh, contacted Los Angeles County in June, its total number of registered voters stood at 144% the total number of voting age residents. That's Los Angeles. So originally it was reported 112% with Los Angeles, and it went as high as 144%. Now, if you have 144% more folks than you have adult age folks that are uh, aged or uh, old enough to vote in your county, Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Either you're not cleaning your voter rolls or there's some hanky-panky going on that needs to be investigated. And most liberals I talk to, when I bring these facts up, I said, don't you think this should be investigated? And, and they just look at you. I said, at least be intellectually consistent here. You know... It, and they're not even intellectually honest, let alone consistent, when you bring up these findings. I said, 
I said, does this mean that there's guilty parties there? No. And I don't even think Judicial Watch is even saying that there's guilty people here. What they're saying is, is there's some registration irregularities going on here that need to be looked into. And they absolutely do need to be looked into. And if people are not willing to look into them, then that looks like something bad's going on. But if we're supposed to have an open and fair and just and true voting process, it has to be transparent from uh, the time a person registers to vote to the time they cast a vote and even beyond. And they should not be able to cast a vote beyond the grave. Los Angeles County, it sounds like Chicago, right? <laughs> the, the, the zombie voter capital of the world is Chicago. At least zombie voter capital of America. I don't know about other countries and their voting practices to see if they actually get things right or not. But again, we're, we're talking about here in America. And when you see irregularities like this, for goodness sakes, why can't we investigate it? And if there's fraud found... There's got to be a mechanism in place that we can force these district attorneys to prosecute this. Because this is, this is a basic right that Amer every American has. Every American citizen has the right to vote. Unless you do something dumb and stupid that forfeits your right to vote. Uh, and there's some states that have, if you're a felon, some states have, if you're a felon, you, you can never vote again in that state. Um, if you have outstanding civil penalties against you that you haven't paid yet, um, you're not allowed to vote in some states. And there's, there's a couple more provisions there. But the felon one, almost every state has that. Now, some states, some of the blue states are changing that to, to allow felons to vote. And, and it, in my opinion, if a felon has paid his debts to society paid up all the fines, any, any court costs that they're liable for, if they've, if they've taken care of all those, and they've, they're not, they're being a productive citizen, you know, not getting in trouble anymore, they turn their lives around, I don't have a problem with them voting. I really don't. I know some people do, but I believe in giving folks second chances. But to just to arbitrarily do that, I don't agree with that. There's some things that Let America Votes, uh, wants and I vehemently disagree with same same day voter registration they want states you to be able to walk in on the day of the election and register to vote and I'm like are you kidding me you talk you talk about the problem with that let me let me back up here a second the problem with that and I'm going to use an NFL example here once the play is whistled dead on the field, and, there, and there's a ruling, let's say a touchdown. There has to be overwhelming evidence in the replay to overturn that touchdown or overturn that call on the field if the coach feels that it was a, a fraudulent call. He can, he can throw the red flag and have it reviewed. Okay, and, and we, we need that. But a lot of times what happens is the play, whether, whether the re, if the replay judge couldn't see what was going on, they're going to let, the, they're going to let or if they don't have enough evidence to overturn it, they're going to let the ruling stand. And it's no different than uh, the same-day voting. You know, okay, you let them vote, but then later you find out that they weren't eligible to vote. How many of them are going to go actually go back and erase that vote off, erase it off? And here's where the process breaks down. There are states that are, and, and local municipalities that thumb their nose at state election and federal election laws because they don't agree with it. Well, you know, we, we need to allow people same day, same day vote. You know, go to vote, register, get your driver's license, whatever. You know, uh, motor voter registration. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. Now, you're going there to get your, your, your driver's license, okay. But I still think, I still think you should take the extra effort. And I'm not going to die on this hill. But I, in my personal opinion, I think you need to take the extra effort to go down to your local board of elections and register to vote. But like I said, I'm not going to die on that hill. If the state wants to pass that law, they can. Doesn't mean I can't complain against it. But like I said, I'm not going to die on that particular hill uh, of 
motor voter registration. However, here again is the problem when you have states like liberal, very liberal states like California that allow illegal immigrants to get driver's license, what prevents them from voting to register at the same time? Do we know that that's not going on? Or do we actually have evidence that that, that's actually going on? And that's a good question that needs to be asked and answered. I'm tired of asking questions of uh, my detractors on, on social media and never getting an answer back. And never getting an answer back. And, and again, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're, you're, you're hammering me about something and I ask a legitimate, fair question to clarify your position on something and you won't even answer it. Most of the time they gloss over it and, and this is one of these, I honestly believe, and I haven't read his book yet, uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, I believe that's a tactic because too many of them do it. Too many liberals that I discuss things on social media with they, they do that tactic. They will not answer questions directly put to them. All they'll do is ask another question and ask another question. And if I get into a conversation like that where they're never answering my questions, I actually had a guy come back and say, well, why aren't you answering my questions anymore? I says, because you're not answering any of mine. I gave you, th I usually I do the three strike rule. If you don't answer three of my questions, you're out of here. You know, and I'm not going to put up with it. My conversations are never one-sided unless I'm on behind the mic here. Even then, I still ask questions. And if people ask me, if they come into my chat room over at my YouTube channel, it's the Dan Clement Show. All I got to do is go to YouTube and look up the Dan Clement Show. You can see the live feed. It's 12 to 1, Monday through Friday. And I do have a chat room up there. And, and most time, I've had other people in the chat room that I've actually answered questions to. Most times, my, my good friend Dave that's in there, uh, teasing me or, you know, he asked some provocative questions also. And I will do my best to answer those. But, like I said, if, if the conversation is going to be just one-sided, uh, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. I'm, not in, I'm interested in, in carrying on a conversation with you as long as you are, you know, if you ask me a question, I answer it, and then I ask you a question, it's, it's only common courtesy and decent for you to answer that question instead of going on and asking another question. And they really hate it. They, <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know why they do this, uh, for whatever reason, uh, liberals do not like to be challenged on their assumptions, especially when it comes to Kafka trapping. Especially when it comes, and Kafka trapping, all that is, is throwing up accusations and seeing if you're going to respond to them or apologize for them. Because once you do either one of those, uh, they got you. And so my pat answers, when, they're, when I think I'm being Kafka trapped and they're not being genuine about it, and they, they throw an accusation at me, I say, prove it. I had a guy do this last week. He was throwing all sorts of accusations against me, and I kept telling him to prove it. Oh, well, you're a Republican. I said, prove it. Well, I've read, I've read your Facebook entries. That doesn't prove I'm a Republican. I told you I'm not a Republican. I'm a registered uh, member of the Constitution Party. Have been since 2007. Haven't been in the Republican Party since 2007. I said, so you need to prove that I'm a Republican, not just say, well, I read your, your Facebook and, and all, you know, all the things I share on Facebook. I am going to share things that I think the Republicans get right. And, and if and when Democrats get things right, I'll do the same thing. But if I share them, does that, mean, does that mean I'm in agreement with them? Or when I share them, does that mean that whatever I'm talking about, they seem to be in agreement with my point of view? It's, the, it's always the latter with me. And matter of fact, when I deal with folks, I always assume the latter also. That just because they're sharing something, that just means that that's, that's in line with their values. It doesn't mean they, that they agree with, with the, you know, whatever the individual or political party or the political or economic issue, they believe lock, stock, and barrel every last little thing about it. But they, if they're taking the time to share it, unless they put a point up there or to ask a question or use it as a teachable moment, do we really want to be doing this or, or look what these crazy nuts are doing? You know, so it's... <laughs> Again, looking, but looking at someone's Facebook entries does not necessarily mean they're a Republican or a Democrat. You know, you got to dig a little deeper than that. 
And uh, this person, once I once I went that, I said, you got to prove it beyond just my postings on Facebook. And that was the end of the conversation. Takes too much time to do the research right and, and to do this and to prove it. You just don't fall off the log and do this research and read these articles, folks, and think about what you're going to do the next day for the show. you got to put a little effort into it. Some days it comes easier to me than it does other days, but, but still, it's again, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that, that you do have to work at. Now, real quick here, let me see where I'm at here. All right, let America vote, all right? Lead the fight for voting rights, okay? And yes, they, they got a checkbox. Yes, I want to protect voting rights by receiving periodic automated text messages and calls on my cell phone from Let America Vote message and data rates may apply. You know, our mission. We have a voting problem in America. Voting in our country has never been easy. But there's a new challenge. Politicians are trying to stop Americans from voting because of who they are likely to vote for in election. Extreme voter suppression laws that disproportionately impact people based on their race or ethnicity, gender, age, or income have started popping up all over the country. If we don't fight back, more and more Americans will become disenfranchised. So, hey, let's see what they're doing. It says, hey, start. Let's see what we're doing. Okay, about. Let America Vote is leading the fight for voting rights. Extreme voter suppression laws has disproportionately impact people based on their race, ethnicity, gender, age, or income uh, have started popping up all over the country. If we don't fight back, more and more Americans will become disenfranchised. Over the past decade, momentum has gone dangerously in the wrong direction. Jason Kander started Let America Vote to fight back against proposals across the country to make it harder for eligible voters to exercise their constitutional right to cast a ballot. Whether it's extreme identification requirements, i.e. voter ID laws, oh, they're so extreme. Oh, however will we survive? They're so extreme, they just cannot be met. How will we ever be able to vote if we can't adhere to these extreme identification laws? <laughs> okay. Questionable purges of voter rolls, voter intimidation, new and extreme voter registration processes, or anything that makes voting harder. Let America Vote will be there to lead the way against it uh, through online and grassroots organizing, an aggressive earned media strategy. I don't know what that means, aggressive earned media strategy. And advertising, Let America Vote, will play a crucial role among the existing networks of organizations fighting for voting rights. Folks, I'm telling you, because I've been dealing with these folks for over a year now, that they are not for voter rights. They are for voter fraud. They have no interest. They have no interest in trying to true the vote, trying to make sure as much as humanly possible that the voting fraud that's going on out there is as little as possible. Will we ever be able to get rid of every little bit of voting fraud? No, we won't. Can we make common sense, take common sense steps towards trying to make sure the vote is accurate? Yes. Just like in California, in Los Angeles County, 144% of registered voters over the population of adult-aged registrants. Now, are those, all that 144%, did they cast ballots? That, need, that needs to be, honestly, that needs to be hashed out. That needs to be found out, did they? Uh, Project Veritas, uh, a couple years ago, when uh, Eric Holder was still the AG, went to his voting precinct said that he was Eric Holder, was able to vote. They did an undercover sting thing and was able to vote under Eric Holder. No one checked him. Nobody checked him. How often does that happen? A lot because there's no voter ID. There is no voter ID. Now, they're talking about purging the voter roll. 
I've gotten in this a couple times, and I'm decent at math, and I understand the principles of math, and hopefully you'll understand these too once I put them out to you. One of the reports that I was going over and reading about when they're purging the, and this was by Let America Vote, some of their articles that they're sharing, some of their ideas and thoughts, is that there are, they found quite a few in one of the reports I was reading of uh, duplicate voting. You're registered in two states. And so the states you're actually residing in is the only state you should be voting in, but they found that they've been voting in both states. That's a problem. But Let America Vote says you can't, you can't 100% be certain that you're getting rid of a fraudulent vote because two people could have the same name. Okay, you're right. Two people could have the same name. I have a cousin out in Ohio, and Dave, this might come to a shock. There is somebody else out there that, that has my name, Daniel Clements. But they don't have the same middle name. So there's right there. Daniel, my middle name, Clements, and my cousin Daniel, his middle name, Clements, are different. The middle names are different. So that's the first difference. The second difference is my cousin's older than me, which means his birth year is different than my birth year. Matter of fact, his birth date, month and day, is totally different from mine. Now, there was a mathematician, and I shared this uh, a while ago, uh, quite a while ago, there was a mathematician or statistician that actually sat down and tried to figure out what the odds were of someone with my, and we'll just take me for existence, my first, middle, and last name, same in two different states, Pennsylvania and wherever else, okay, and also the same month, day, and year of a birthday. The odds are almost incalculable. I mean, they go out... Like I said, it was one of the biggest numbers I've ever seen. It was uh, like two trillion to the tenth power. One against that, getting all of those, all three. You know, it, and, and I'm just going to assume, and I know a lot of some people don't have middle names, but let's just say, for sake of argument, everybody has a middle name. And even if they didn't, even if they just you went by the first and last name, how many would have the same date? month and year of your birthday exact date month and year they wouldn't the odds are so far against that especially here on on little old planet earth that it is such a huge number that it's hard to calculate so if there are two people that have the same name and same birthday in two different states the odds are extremely good if not right on the nose that they're the same person or somebody stole their identity. There's only two possibilities. Either they're the same person or someone stole their identity, and, but then that's a fraudulent, especially if they vote. Well, it's, it's a fraud to actually impersonate somebody else by stealing their identity. But let's say we're talking about voting. If they also vote under that identity, then they're committing a second fraud. And again, the, that to me, that's simple math. You know, and you have to have everything the same. When I registered to vote, I used all three of my names. They also asked me for my birthday. They also asked me for my social security number. So there's another piece of information. Let's, let's just say you got three names and you have the, the three different dates that go in to make your birthday, the day, month, and year. So that's six pieces of information. And then I was issued a social security number when I was a baby. So that I have a social security number. It's the seventh piece of, piece of information. Now, what are the chances, what are the odds that two people in, in the United States of America are going to have identical, all seven pieces of information? They're not. So it's real easy to figure out if somebody is registered in two states. I'm sorry, it just, it is. And to say we shouldn't be expunging a name from a voter roll because they're registered in another state I put that back on the voter. They should have. I did when I was in Ohio. I, I told the county, there's one of the things in the, I don't know if they give those out anymore, but one of those moving things, you know, or, you know, forwarding address. 
Uh, There's a couple other things on there. One of them was, you know, if you're moving, uh, you know, to a new district or something like that, voting district, did you change that? And I just went down the the registrar's office or the uh, here in Pennsylvania, it's a um, uh, board of elections we have here in Pennsylvania that you go down to and you register. And then if you're changing your your party affiliation, you're moving, that's where you go to tell them if you're moving out of that district. And so I think it should be up to the voter to make sure that they're not voting in two states. And, and okay, it could be that, okay, you forgot. You're moving as hectic as it is. It's a, a life-altering experience. And you just forgot to expunge yourself from the voting rolls in the other state. And you registered in your new state. Now, if in the new state where you reside, if that's the only place you've been voting, and in the old state you haven't been voting, Okay, it was just an honest mistake. You didn't do it. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of things more important than making sure you cancel your voting in the state that you're moving from. But if votes aren't being cast in that state you're moving from that you're not residing in, no harm, no foul. When it's found out, the state you're not living in anymore, boom, they just expunge you from the voter roll. Let America vote. No, you can't do that. You, you can't expunge them from the voter rolls because it's very hard to prove and again, they use this dumb argument. It is a stupid, stupid argument. That how do you know that the same person, that somebody else of the same names, live, not living in that other state? And again, they've got seven points that they have to cover. With me, anyway, they have seven points. If you only have two names and they're never given a, a middle name, that's okay. You still have six points to cover that have to match. And again, and this is what Let America Vote does. And I am convinced that let America vote, they're not about making sure that the vote is accurate. They are about making sure that the candidates they support, and these folks are very, very left-leaning. I mean, you, you got that Marxist George Soros that gives money to open society, that gives money to groups like Let America Vote. And he is a Marxist at his heart. And that's... And, Side note, that's what makes me laugh when, when he got caught paying protesters to these Antifa rallies because these anti-fascists are socialist Marxists. But people don't put that together. People absolutely do not put that together. And again, I have, I have a bunch of articles in the, in the paper today, or in the show notes today. My buddy Dave will like this, Tennessee House Democrats Renew push to change Tennessee voter ID laws by Andy Shear at timefreepress.com over at Nashville. This is posted December 16th of this year. And again, they're, they're pushing, the Democrats are pushing, not telling the whole truth. And even in Tennessee, when I checked it yesterday, if you don't have a voter ID and can't afford one, one will be given to you at tax, taxpayer expense. So you can't say that it's oppressing the poor or suppressing minorities. That, that's a fraudulent argument. And even Tennessee's in the House, or even Democrats in the House in Tennessee are lying about this. Because Tennessee is one of the states that enacted a voter ID law where you have to show a, a photo ID at the polls in order to vote. And, and honestly, folks, the more, the more we talk about this, and the more we, the more we actually dig into this, and no one's proved me wrong yet. I just believe that these progressives want to rig the elections. Because one thing that you have to think about, and this is you go read the article for yourself about the eleven uh, California counties out there. You have to read this article for yourself. But the amount of people, let's say, every registered voter voted, okay. And let's say they, they come to find out that, that all the overages in the registered voters vote, that the that, that 144% all voted. Let's, say this, let's just say for argument's sake that it happened. Do you know the, the difference in between the uh, 11 counties, between the overages and the ones that actually were registered to vote, and then they used historical, they did some math here, went back and did historical stuff, that it was more than 5 million votes. That, that Judicial Watch believes that were fraudulently cast. And do you know that would put Donald Trump in the catbird seat as far as the popular vote, too? 
And don't tell me, <laughs> don't tell me Democrats aren't under, it's not beneath them uh, to rig elections because just ask Uncle Bernie because uh, he got the primary stole from him by Hillary Clinton. He absolutely did. And I talked about it back when he was getting stolen from him. <laughs> and the more this, the more the Russian collusion investigation goes on, the more they're digging up evidence against Stein and Hillary and Uranium One, and it's actually veering away from Donald Trump. And yet there's, there's so many people out there taking it as gospel. There's folks over at Let America Vote. There's folks over at Common Cause, George Soros. There's votes over there. There's folks over at Indivisible Guide. Now, I haven't been able to draw a direct link to Invisible Guide. I can only tell you that folks that started that uh, were also working with George Soros-supported groups because they want Indivisible Guide. They want you to think this was a grassroots movement, and it really wasn't. Uh, this movement was started by political insiders from Washington, D.C. Oh, but we started our group out here. You know, that's in D.C. We started this group out here. Yeah, but at the behest of political insiders in Washington, D.C. So please, tell me another bedtime story that you are a grassroots organization. You're not. You're working for folks that have worked for George Soros in the past and share his ideology. You really have. And again, it's, <laughs> it's so easy. Now, take some time to do it sometimes, do some research to get the truth out there. But once you, once you find the truth, it's so easy to share that truth and show that folks like Let America Vote, they're not about truing the vote. They're not about making sure the vote is transparent and accurate. They're anything but. They want to be able to cause this chaos in the, in the polls. They want to. They want this. They need this voter fraud because without the voter fraud, they don't get elected. They don't get elected. So next time someone tells you that voter IDs are oppressing poor, minorities, elderly, whatever, in the state that the, that the IDs are enacted, the only question you need to ask them is, isn't there a provision in the law that if you can't afford a, a photo ID, that the state taxpayers will pay for it for you. Just ask them that question. Now, you're probably not going to get an answer. You'll probably get a, <clears throat> uh, the old Texas, <clears throat> excuse me, the old Texas two-step. Well, they're going to sidestep the whole question and keep pounding on this. It's oppressive, it's oppressive, it's oppressive. And if you don't think it's oppressive, then you're the problem. But just keep asking that question, please. And if they don't get back with you, do the work for them then. Go to the, usually at, at every state I've been checking this out, Secretary of State's office uh, is the one that certifies the vote in the state. Just go in there and look up uh, election laws uh, or voter ID laws, if, especially if the state has voter IDs. And they're, you know, they'll give you a, a synopsis of it. They'll, they'll let, you know, you can have a link to read the whole law if you want to, but they'll give you a synopsis of it. And, uh, I haven't found one yet that didn't say have a provision in there that said if you can't afford one, uh, taxpayer, the, the taxpayer of the state will pay for them. I'm more than happy to have my tax money to go to that if it's needed. Very, very simple to debunk, but again, they don't want this. They really, really don't want this. And so it's not just let America vote. It's let America vote fraudulently. And that's exactly what this George Soros-supported organization is all about because if they can get enough voter fraud going they can pretty well cripple the electoral system in the United States and ruin it so much that nobody is going to trust this. And the final thing I'm going to leave you with here on this is the um, in Indiana, under Mike Pence, when they, when they put in their voter ID laws, the next year, the, the next election cycle, lo and behold, the minority votes were more, not less, they were more. The, the voter ID didn't suppress it, it actually came out more. And again, we covered this years ago when this happened. And what, what, folk, what the minorities were saying was before they, did, they couldn't trust the vote. What do you mean you couldn't trust the vote? Well, they couldn't trust if who was supposed to be voting was voting. If the right person that was allowed to vote was voting, if, if it was a fraudulent vote, they felt it canceled those out, so what's the sense of going voting? 
so folks, I think we need more of this, not less. I think we, we, we need more voter IDs to make sure that the people who are supposed to be voting are voting and the only ones that are eligible to vote are the only ones voting, period. That would take care of a lot of these shenanigans out there. Do away with these, these uh, especially in California and, and these sanctuary states and stuff like it. You know, the, the Federal Election Commission can actually come in and say you can't do this and strike down their, their uh, motor voter laws. Uh, if they want to. And I think there should be some lawsuits uh, brought against them. And I don't know if uh, Judicial Watch is uh, what, where they're at on this, but uh, they're, uh, you know they work diligently. They actually have a YouTube channel. I've been following things on YouTube with them. So again, I think um, when it comes to voting, I think we need to make sure that when we're voting, that the only ones that are voting are the only ones that are eligible to vote. And the one sure way to secure that knowledge is through voter IDs, that you hold the ID up and you see that mugshot up there and your name and your signature, and that's me, and that's the only, that's the only me that can vote, period. And that's where we need to be in the United States. And I just, again, I just, I, I find it incredible how many regressive leftists out there just love these fraudulent folks. This has been the Dan Clemens Show. I'm your host, Dan Clemens, your constitutional warrior. Remember, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Have a great rest of the day, folks, and God bless. And if you like this show, give me a thumbs up. If you don't, give me a thumbs down, but please leave me a comment. I will I will try my best to answer every comment in there. If you're not a subscriber to the show, please subscribe. Hit the notification button next to it so when I do put out new videos, you'll see those. And I'm also looking for supporters over at Patreon and at PayPal. I'm looking for monthly supporters. We'll see you tomorrow at noon, and uh, God bless.